You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Erev Shabbos Kodesh, this must be a Rizka Daraisa, Season 3. I'm Avram Kivalevich, and I'm looking at a recently barbered Pennsylvania... Um, it shows. <laughs> recently barbered Pennsylvania coming back from there, and we're going to hear about some of your Pesach and uh, Pesach... Uh, Peccadillos. Uh, Rabbi Yosef Gabriel Bechafer, season three. I'm not sure if we can top season two, but we'll try to do something here this season, right? Somehow we, we have to be more professional and even uh, even hotter and more uh, involved and um, pushing the envelope even further. Yellow journey, journalism of Orthodox Judaism. I, I'm, I, I will not subscribe. That's identity politics. I can. I, I will be yellow journalism. We're sort of like stealing the identities of, of 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 the Asian Pacific Asian rim culture. I can't do that. We will just. <laughs> all right, Rabbi, all right, Rabbi Yosef. Um, we got a lot of stuff that's happened uh, over the last couple of weeks, but um, I want to start today with an article that I won't even call it an article. It was actually the editor. It's what? Letter to the editor. But it was it was it was a video letter to the editor, right? How could I, was it a video letter? Yes, it was a video letter to the editor. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a a a Mrs. Weber this week in the New York Times. Uh, Ms. Weber to you. What? Ms. Weber to you. Ms. Weber. I don't want to say I don't want to practice any undue familiarity with her. Um, she, although she is a, she is a divorced woman who is sending her child to Chesidush Cheder. I would assume it's in Williamsburg, based on uh, and it was a plea to New York city officials to enforce the law on the yeshivos that they must have some type of lamude chol that is similar in some fashion to what a child would be getting in public school. And as we know, in that era before COVID, this was the big Zera of the, of, of, of the Zeras, um, Antiochus against Limit Atayra, as you remember, that many of these schools were being threatened by the, what was being uh, sketched as the modern day Misyavnim, these Chassidim who had been, uh, who had left the fold, who were pushing the legislators to, uh, demand change in the Chassidish school specifically, but the yeshivas across the board that there should be much more in elementary school uh, to somewhat match in what was going on in the public schools. And here she was, Mrs. Weber was saying, do your job. It's terrible. My kids end up knowing nothing. They can't read properly. They can't write properly. They're not ready for the world. And um, it was a very passionate and well done. I mean, she's uh, she maybe a, a she maybe is a new star on the rise in terms of what she's able to to say in a in a photogenic sort of way. Uh, what's your response to that? To this uh, the idea that the I mean, you are a person who is part of a yeshiva uh, elementary school that I guess offers exemplarily lamude uh, hall, correct? Um, I don't know, exemplary, but... Uh, well, your part, your part of these... I guess it's my part of the Mulechol, then for sure I have to say exemplary, yes. Yes, the Bechafarian part of the uh, the Clifton uh, 
what is it, the Clifton Chayder? What is it you are a part of again? No, no, YBH. Oh, Yeshiva Beit Hillel. Right. Oh, so clearly that school and many other schools in New Jersey and even in, in New York's and all over are offering, of course, many hours of intense and interesting Murechol. This is really uh, a salvo against Chesidish HaChadarim, whether it's Papa or Bavav or, or Satmar uh, throughout, which have resisted and have been able to put up political roadblocks for any changes. Um, and uh, clearly, the New York Times not only printing her written letter, but going out of the way to create a film, uh, a, a video letter, they clearly are getting behind this as a new cause to sort of like shine the light on our world, on the from Torah world. What's your response to it? I know it's. I don't see since I don't see it's any going to have any toilets. So therefore, I'm not sure what the point of it is, except to express one their own personal um, frustration and their own personal even animosity towards the world which they have rejected. Uh, Let us not be uh, kid ourselves. Let us not be um, uh, naive, and I'm sure neither of us are. I think actually that no matter how many... I enjoy this music that now welled up while you were making this speech. uh, Sorry, it's a phone. Uh, uh, Let us not... um, deceive ourselves and of course we don't let other people not deceive themselves i think this will be a meaningful cause a meaningful dent in the armor it's not going to so the question is what exactly do they uh, they gain they gain self-expression they gain uh, uh uh satisfaction because they've involved themselves in some form of reverse zealotry uh, it, it is only venting there's nothing constructive about it you don't think that um, these appeals that will be so public are going to cause de Blasio, whoever is involved in, 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 in the education system in, in, in New York City, to to crack down on this? I mean, now... <laughs> you don't feel that either. Surely you don't feel that either. Uh, you believe in... In other words, there's going to be enough um, political glad-handing and giving out money to various candidates, like Andrew Yang, I think, and others who said we should leave the Chassidim alone and not do anything about their schools. Yes, even if they tried, there's nothing they could do with the Hasidim would just go underground like they did during COVID. Or they put somebody in front of the class who spells cat, K-A-T, to teach English. Well, let me ask you a question. I mean, you're being very cynical here. About... No, me? I'm never cynical. <laughs> you know, you're so cynical, you don't even know when you're being cynical. Like, okay. it's, it's part of, it's part of, it's become part of your life. But, but let, let's talk about this for a second. And, you know, we're, I'm the one that was... Uh, People said that I was uh, modern orthodox, the typical modern orthodox. In your heart, do you believe the schools would be better, the chesidish schools would be better if they would have a real Umudechol program there? I do. Okay. And you think we would get better citizens and maybe even better Talmidah Chachamim, right? I do, yes. Okay. And, and the reason is, is because it, is it because like the Vilna Gon? Because they, it, it'll add to their Chochmas HaTayra? Chochmas HaDas is always a good thing. Oh, okay. So that's what I wanted to hear you say. The fact is that, that even though it's technically not Lima HaTayra, but it will definitely lead to a greater way of thinking about things in general. Yes. And perhaps 30% as important as that, maybe even more, is being good citizens, and, 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 and maybe 50% as important as that, is getting a good job and being able to function in a world that they're going to need those skills of 
at least communication skills. And, I, and I've heard this, by the way, since I worked in Title I and I worked in the Chassidish school world, what I have heard from the Chassidish parents was not so much that they wanted their kids to, to know history or math or science, but they wanted them to be conversant in the language. They wanted them to be able to write uh, in, uh, in English and, and in a way that they could compose paragraphs and sentences because they thought that would be something that was crucial to them. Um, so isn't there, you know... A, a, I, I want to point out something about this. It mystifies me. Perhaps one of our listeners will have a, an answer to this. Most Lubavitch schools nowadays do not have Liberia home, even elementary school. That, that, that it's considered modernish to have Limur uh, in Lubavitch. So the question is, how do the shluchim all come out with a reasonable shlita in English, at least enough to function in a way which pr- presents them as sophisticated to the general public? So, so I, I have an answer to that question, but I want to, I, I'm surprised. The what about the Xeros in New York State? It, it, it doesn't affect Lubavitch? They, they aren't... I thought like, it was, they're they fight on them. It's not, uh, no, no, they, they don't pay attention to them. Uh-huh. So they don't even make an attempt to say that we're giving them something similar to what's happening in the public schools? I don't, I don't know. I think they fly below beneath the radar because Chabad is... You know, so it doesn't seem to be as Hasidish. They don't have the same bush. They, they, That's they, weird because I know they checked out all the schools. You're telling me that Papa and, and, and Satmer and Bells somehow were the targets, but Chabad was able to resist the people coming in and, and checking out what was going on. I, I don't know if they were, but if they were, I'm sure that that's the point because mm-hmm. they come across as being sophisticated and, uh, you know. Okay, so I think the other the answer to your question is is that first of all, again, chachma you can pick up language, and I think they probably zero in during the zal period and during the hadracha period on the ones that they feel have communicative skills. Let's talk about the chabad darling of the day, J.J. Um, Jacobson. Right, he's somebody who didn't have any lemude chol, but clearly developed you know some sort of ability to communicate well a reasonable command of uh, of the complexity of the English language, and you zero in on them. Uh, you, you, zero, you, you zero in on those. So I, so I believe you can't zero in on this. The, the ability to string sentences together in a cogent manner and to be able to have the confidence, and you know as well as I do, we both rely on it ourselves. Neither of us are Olivier when we get up to speak, but we have a certain confidence in what we're doing, and we're able to find at least most of the, sometimes on this podcast, I find myself fumbling because I guess I'm quaking in my boots uh, looking at you, but I think when we speak, I think when we speak publicly, somehow the words come to us, and we're able to string them together in a way that um, is impressive enough. I don't think a Samra Chosa could do that. I don't think so. Yeah, so if I'm saying in Chabad, I think there there is a there is a push in order to do that. It doesn't have to be part of a formal education. Uh, tell me, look, we we talked uh, you know glowingly and not so glowingly about Robbie Andrews' uh, time at Hal, Hank, and Hank. Sorry, um, but we've talked about. Do you believe that although it was a contributing factor, what makes you you as a communicator? The schooling was probably just 
your launchpad. Most of it is with probably the reading you did and maybe things that you were absorbing and uh, maybe even the television and things that you were able to see. And I think Chabad can uh, replicate that, uh, if not necessarily through television, but through videos of other speakers and uh, zeroing in. And they find the, uh, the proper people. Let, let, let's put it a different way as well. Sometimes um, as, as many ethnic uh, people have, have shown, it isn't always the exactness, exactitude of your prose that gets your message across. Sometimes it's, uh, it's an attitude, it's your smile. And as long as you can you know, pretty much push your way through, not all of them are shmuli boteach. And I think that could probably be the answer for that. So Rabbi Yosef, um, you don't believe it's going to change in the Hasidic world. You don't think the political world is going to change. And therefore, I guess, you know, the venting and the frustrations, I guess, results in, I guess, another Chilol Hashem, in a way, for, um, you know, for Jews to become... Yeah, Arab. although, listen, the Eker Chilol Hashem is done by the peoples in the, themselves, uh, but the being enforcing it, it just uh, expands the Chilol Hashem. Yes, well, again, it's it's... it's uh, you know, when I saw that article and I sent it to you, I said, mm, finally, something post-COVID, pre-COVID, right? In other words, it's post-COVID. Let's go back to the last pre-COVID bugaboo, which was the New York State uh, putting its its terrible fingers into the Chinuch system and the Chinuch world again. Um, and I think that's a little bit of a sign to me that maybe we're coming out of it. Um, I think there definitely are signs that were coming out of it. I think again, when the New York Times has an article about the the ultra orthodox the Hasidic world, and it's not about them not keeping the mask mandates or, or or having super spreader events, I think it's a sign that people are not only getting sick of that type of reportage, but maybe it's not happening as much. And uh, you know, I, one thing I noticed, and let's talk about your vacation here for a minute, is that many people who last year wouldn't have dreamt of leaving their bubble went places. I think Florida was overwhelmed with uh, uh, Jews of all stripes and, of, and not necessarily people who were uh, cavalier about COVID beforehand, but people went and created big family uh, get-togethers. And even on a, a smaller scale, I think it was a, a, a tremendous cracks were appearing in the COVID bubble uh, throughout. And maybe it was part of it was frustration of uh, whatever it's called, COVID dreariness or COVID fatigue. Um, how did it go with in, in the Bechoffer compound over there in Allentown? Well, uh, it was mostly uh, you know, um, a small a small group, the range between four and nine people, depending on which day of the it was. And uh, it was uh, very pleasant. I understand that, you know, as we learned in, 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 from Chazal and Parshas Peshalach, that Hamushim um, Olu, I understand that Zionim, um, I understand that uh, the, the Saratayr himself was given uh, a chance to uh, uh, to have a clay Zion. Yeah. A real, a real, a real clay Zion so, in his hands. So it was <laughs> the first time in my life I ever shot a gun. And uh, it's fascinating. This is a clay shooting range. And, you know, they, they have these dis- discs. Uh, uh, I know what they are. I'm from the South. I understand what shooting skeet is. Yeah. Okay. So, the, uh, so uh, when, you go, when you drive up, the first thing you see is you Trump Pence signs. In other words, now you know. They won't be taken down for a long time. Right. Now you know whose country. You know what Pennsylvania is known to be Alabama in between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. 
it basically is a very much a, a rural uh, place. And, and I will tell you, it, it's clear to me that, you know, Pennsylvania would have been Trump's had there not been for, you know, a lot of stuff that was happening there. Not necessarily voter fraud, but clearly Pennsylvania, that's why everything hinged on Pennsylvania. But go ahead. So you went to Pennsylvania, you went to one of these uh, Trump-Pence enclaves, and you were able to get your whole... They have, you know, there was instructor, we, we did lessons, my son and I, because obviously neither of us had ever shot shotguns he shot pistols once before. Nobody ever shot shotguns. And he was very, you know, like a guy, typical, very good guy, very uh, wonderful, very good instructor. But he was like from North Carolina. He served in the military. He uh, was, uh, his previous profession was being a bodyguard to people on diplomatic missions, you know. But he treated us newcomers like a very nice, sure. very respectfully. And it was... Uh, Again, despite what Hillary and Michelle says, they aren't a basket full of deplorables. Right. These are and people right. that, these are people that in many ways uh, are misnag, but me does tell you But go ahead. So he was going to help you and he learn does. how to fire this weapon, this, this yeah. rifle. Soccer, yeah. So, so did he actually get his hands on the Melech himself? Did he actually hold you and, 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 and position you in order to shoot these clay pigeons? No, he showed us a position. He showed us, and then, uh, you know, he corrected us as we did things wrong. He, you know, obviously, he should And it was uh, very good because actually... How did it feel when you actually... How did it feel when... How did it feel when you actually pressed the trigger and felt that that kickback of that bullet coming out? How did that feel to you? Not as exciting as I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. Who did you have in mind when uh, that you were shooting when, when no, the piece it's, was out? It's, it's that it's in and of itself. And since you're shooting at a target, it's just the, the, the question of um, you know whether you can do it, whether you can't do it. And I'm surprised how many times I was actually able to do it. So you were able to hit one of those guys? You're able to hit those yeah, things in the air? Probably about forty percent of them. Wow. You're on your way. Yeah. You're you're on your way. Maybe the the the, the sniper the sniper outfits can perhaps you they got somebody coming now. Nobody's ever going to suspect so you. Ask them, you know, uh, how many, they have, obviously women there, ask them how many women actually uh, shoot. The, the Rebbiton also was out there with the guns, huh? What? Your wife went also with the guns. Hey, my son. But uh, I, he said like uh, close to 50%. So, uh, so does that, does, uh, does meeting one of, you know, obviously uh, probably an NRA member and stuff, does it give you a, a greater affinity? Oh, yeah, they had sign-up sheets for the NRA in the... Uh, does it give you a greater affinity to uh, to that world? Or are you still? I mean, you've spoken on this program how guns have to be completely taken away. Well, and- I, I I I don't think that uh, uh, weapons that can't be concealed should be allowed. I think that uh, shotguns. I remember. You know, we could go back to the video, to the uh, to the transcripts. You were saying no one needs any sort of gun whatsoever. It could be. Maybe they can only have their ranges. That's not realistic. But the, the, uh, what about hunting? What about hunting? I think, I think that most of the uh, most of the people who commit these crimes do it with concealed weapons. But if it's with a shot, I'd rather get rid of the guns than have to face the criminal consequences. I mean, yeah. despite the truest noy de behuda is for us, uh, aren't you happy that that that, that many of the uh, you know, of, I would again, I can say this. I'm happy that they're doing sad side. I'm saying many redneck Americans are going out and, and people that are, are gun lovers are going out. And I mean, I hate, my, my daughter would hate the fact that these animals are getting their heads blown off, but there is an overwhelming amount of, 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 of wildlife that is encroaching in many places. 
you, you think these hunting expeditions should be outlawed? I don't know. What should, uh, no. Yeah. If they're actually going to eat the, if they're going to eat the deer, no. Yeah. So, so it sounds like you have a little bit of a, a greater sensitivity towards. I don't it. know if it's because of this, but let's say it is. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's. I asked him, by the way, because 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 your boy, um, and again, I'm yeah apolitical, but you were the one on our program in a series in in uh, our second series, whatever we want to call it, the second season. Uh, you were the one that was waving the Biden flag um, incredibly about how important it is and how you're so happy and it's so, right? Um, are, are you happy with what your boy's done in the last couple of weeks? What has he done? Well, if his if his legislation goes through, your son that you took out shooting is probably going to live in a world of very high inflation. And I'm not sure if he's going to, he's going to be paying for all these, uh, all these moves. No, we'll right? find out. In other words, if, if, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, there's always an AIDS in America. Vote the bums out. Let him try his thing for four years, and then we'll see what happens in four years. I don't see why. Yeah, I, don't, I don't believe all the doomsayers, including the Wall Street Journal, which I am a loyal reader. I don't believe all the, the doomsayers. That, uh, so, uh, but I, I'm not an expert. You know, if it turns out not to work out, okay, it turns out not to work out. Okay, so let me give you a little bit of a civics lesson. Once it turns out, and again, I, you don't teach civics in your class, but once this becomes a law and it becomes voted on by the, the democratically controlled Senate, it can't be deconstructed by the next Republican president in 2024. Wow, it's about budgetary things. These are all things which were, which were passed by reconciliation, weren't they? If, if it becomes passed and it becomes law, it's going to be extremely difficult to to wipe these things back, to to go ahead and deconstruct them and say that the funding isn't there anymore. It's already been allocated. Anyway, okay. yes. Listen, so, listen. The bottom line is like this: the reason I want to Biden is not because of his economic policies, except for one thing, two things. One of which I think he's not going to do in the end. Two things. The one is Medicare at 60. I hope it'll come around to that at some point. And the other is that he should remove the cap from the state tax deduction from the federal tax. I don't know if he's actually going to do that in the end. I heard he's not going to do that. But the main reason I wanted to, I wanted Biden is so we shouldn't have the nouveau mukashin Balmidos Royas, who is influencing clients who are constantly to be mushchasim and people who look down on other people in a negative way. I just had this argument. I have this argument in my Facebook group all the time. You know, like when somebody says, uh, the, uh, uh, there was a conversation yesterday, right? A guy uh, uh, the, that uh, a Gyoris, a uh, 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 Gyoris who came from Japanese Gyoris, was asked, How can she uh, try? What should she do with all these uncomfortable questions that people always seem to ask her immediately upon meeting her? Which are very, like, where she's from, how she become Jewish, blah, blah. And okay, but so most of the answer is people wrote good things, nice things, good suggestions. But one guy wrote, eh, everybody's overly sensitive nowadays. This is a Trumpian comment, and it's against Musser. What do you mean that people are overly sensitive? That's not your job to say. So he said, we have to educate them to be tougher. I said to him, what do you mean you have to educate them to be tougher? You can't have, you're going to go to the schools and educate people? You have, no, you have no capacity to do this. So our, but this attitude, that people have to be tougher, that seeped into our, and we don't have to cater to their weaknesses that seeped into our community. That's a Trumpist attitude. You know, I don't know why we have to fight about this, but you're totally wrong. 
because Trump is only a simon, not a Siba. You no, he's a Siba. No, you no. think that Trump? Not, you know, I take it back. He's not a Siba. He's a Matir. Look, he, 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 it was an indicator of how far things have gone. But you people before Trump, during Obama, were also dismissive and ugly and critical, and especially when it comes to everybody's interested about Giorgis and Aguirre, right? That's the ultimate thing that Aguirre needs to, to, to fend off, is the mystery of discovering why did you do it and what's about it. And everyone has tried, tries to bend over backwards. That, that's fine, but you don't write as a cloud. All people are being overly sensitive. That's we went. That, that hold on. You don't think you don't think that we are in a society where people are being overly sensitive now? My trouble, my knowing. That's very good. It, it, it's it's very good that not one comment can be made about a person without. Hey, you shouldn't make the comment. Yes, you shouldn't make the comment. Some say of having those. I learned Arachat Sadikim, right? Do you think the Archa Sadiqim would say, yeah, sure, don't, 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 doesn't matter what you say, just both go ahead like a bull in a china shop and say whatever you want, and they're just being too sensitive. Do you think Archa Sadiqim would have said that? Do you believe the United States? Answer my question. Okay, you are referring to a Hanhug of pietists. Which is, right, which is what we're supposed and to And compared to, one second, what was considered civil American discourse. For example, if, if you... Uh, would take the time, and I'm not saying you should, but to watch programs from the 1950s and 60s, old television shows, old uh, uh, game shows. Oh, I want to compliment you. Oh, yeah, you're looking quite pretty today. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Right? All, all these type of cup today would be considered completely out of bounds, completely pushing and, 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 and being sexist and leering. And we know that's not what it meant. It was just considered a comment. Oh, that's a very, oh, you know, uh, and what a pretty girl you are. I see that as Akshar Dara. You know, it's Akshar Dara. This was a, uh, it, it didn't mean child molestation. It didn't mean uh, trying to make it with people who are coming. This was a Hanhaga to, to comment on people. If you, ask, if you ask the women, if you ask people like my wife, they will tell you that, yes, they have to put up with it. That we saw that they were never happy about it. It's just that men, that were men were regarded as men and it was a man's world. You think women were happy? You ask a woman if they were happy with that type of They understood where you would draw the line to say. They understood that they have to, they have to let, cut the men slack. They said men are animals and we have to treat the animals who can't be so responsible. As the women say, first thing. Yeah, well, Rabbi Yosef. Ask your daughter. <laughs> I you know, again. I could tell I have, that laugh what her answer would be. Okay, I have learned, but I am not going to condemn the world that we grew up in as as overly aggressive and ugly and pushy. This world of today, the world of counterculture of today, is a lot more aggressive, a lot more angry, um, and a lot more in your face. That may be. So we only can emulate the good things and not the bad things. That's true. But we have to try to be... And, and I think to ascribe, to ascribe things to Trump, I think you're really overstating things. And much. But I know... Trump glorified not being polite. Trump glorified being a boor. Come on. I agree that he was a boor and he was terrible. 
but the society itself had reached an adir that Trump was only a, a simon. I don't know if he was a matir. I think he was not a siba. I agree, but he certainly was. A, he made it. It was machshirus. And, and 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 what about the fact that there's there's complete, total inability to forgive even the slightest type of statement that people have made terrible 20, thing. 30 years ago. The terrible thing, but it's still the terrible thing. And that is, but that is what we've unleashed. We've I unleashed know, the thing, thing where people like me and you have right. lost their jobs, have not been able to con- continue to be teachers and writers. Right. Right. I don't, I'm not going to be Matstik McNeil from the, from, from, from uh, the New York Times, but I used to listen to him religiously about his description of the, of, of the vaccine. A pax on both their houses. The pandemic, right. A pax on both their houses. I want to mention something else, by the way, which is, speaking of the South, Georgia, the voting law. I don't know if the voting law is racist or not, but I know one thing, that it's, it's, uh, it's mamish midas stoim, and perhaps even more amon umov. They have banned giving food and, and, and drink to anybody within 150 feet of the pole, of the polling place. You're not, if your old mother is standing on line and she's within 150 feet of the polling place, which could be still six hours till she gets to the place, you can't give her food or drink. You know, you're more on top of this than I am, but yeah. the idea that you need to show ID and that you have to have... Oh, I have a problem with ID. ID doesn't bother me. It's the virus. I'm on a more. Okay, but one second. But even the idea of the ID was considered racist. Well, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not... I'm, I don't so isn't that being overly sensitive? I have you... no idea. I, 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 hear it. I, can, I don't see the racism. Could be it is, could be isn't. I'm not going to say It isn't. What do you mean, could be? It isn't. And, 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 and I don't know. That is beyond the Republicans who did that. Yeah, yeah, they have a rationale because like electioneering, only Democrats are going to bring water and, and food and therefore it's going to be, the people are going to be convinced because the Democrats bring the water and food to the end of the line, so therefore they're going to vote for the Democrats. You know, you've got me, you know, this is, this is a byproduct of us not prepping for this because I knew nothing about this. I, I did hear... I did hear about when you started uh, bringing up Biden, so you brought out all these. I, look, to the pent up today, Biden was talking about expanding the Supreme Court. All the things that uh, you you'll see how things will 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 roll out as things go on. I think I am worried about my children. Let's just say, and if you think that wasn't to Trump's benefit, he also wouldn't expand the Supreme Court. Look, all we know is that Trump's three, uh, three Supreme Court uh, appointees are going to help Jewish education in a way. They will definitely be a vanguard to protect things that are threatened Jewish education. We started today talking about um, Mrs. Weber, Miss Weber and her uh, appeal to, for New York State to uh, start enforcing the law. I believe that if we, again, we've talked about this on the program, the three judges that Trump did appoint, I think they are going to be a vanguard against the imposition of, um, of, of, of things in Jewish schools, like accepting and uh, allowing for um, uh, fluid gender descriptions and, and, and things like that. 
And, I, and, and you know as well as I do that that would be a Horbin if that would occur. So let's give Trump uh, COVID for, for, he did it but you got to admit that was something positive. Correct? Yeah, of course. There are many positive things which can happen even though somebody does things for different purposes. And, and tell me, you were, if I they refer to... They lost the gender thing when they lost... Uh, uh, o for Joe? Homosexual marriage, that was it. Was yeah, yeah, the O for Joe. But, but what about what's now become common? I've hear, I'm hearing about it in newspaper and magazine articles that you need to ask someone what is the pronoun they want to be referred to. Yeah, it's absurd to me, right? Okay, but, but now someone's going to tell you that... So someone tells me, I have to abide by that. What am I supposed to do? That is... Would you they, say, have this, they have this my Kafka... Okay, so that's Mishigas. That's not over... No, over, but my Kafka limit, my Kafka as, as a, as a uh, Baal Musar is to cater to their Mishigas. Uh-huh. But you're, and if you would say you're being oversensitive, if someone say, I don't, you can't call I me. I can't say that to them. I see. I can't say that to them. Okay. I, I'd I rather not have to deal with these people because I think that they're, they're some issue guys. But if I actually came into contact with such a person, I have to deal with them the way they want to be dealt with. What am I supposed to do about it? Okay, so this does run a little bit counter to what we know from Chazal. Chazal do talk about the pressures of a community. They talk about uh, an ovel achigarbo chaveirov. There is, I think, of ruach habrios menu. There is an idea of of, 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 of aligning yourself to what's considered norm and not demanding. Only in hal- you mean halacha. If somebody came, uh, obviously, if we lived in a halacha community, things would be different, but we don't. Yeah, we so... We don't know, but there's no halacha community in the world. Why we have a halacha community? It's a so that's, but the halacha community is the world of the Orcha Sadiqim, is the world of the Bali Musr. The non-halacha community, the, the secular... No, but we have to treat people who are in the world the same way Orcha Sadiqim requires us, whether they're part of a halacha community or not. In a halacha community, by the way, as you know, going both is also, we've taken the wrong way, as we know by Tochacha, it backfires. You can't. You have to be very careful. You're right. The Gemara says we don't know who can give teichocha right. b'smanazeh. That and is therefore, true. Therefore, it's not pasha. The whole goring both thing. I was talking about the the ribbing, the kidding of hey, that beard's getting a little bit long. What do you think? Which is considered was considered normal behavior to to make a comment about a person's physical appearance among friends. Yeah, among yeah. friends. Not that a woman should make that comment about a man or vice versa. That would be well, absurd. Well, we the, started talking about that would be beginning Carlos Rush. You you started talking about someone impl- asking about someone's ethnicity. This this uh, it was a, a a woman from an Asian community, and someone right. was bringing up their ethnicity. Right, right, and again, you it it, it, it can definitely be done as it was in, in a in a subtle, non-suggestive non-prejudicial way. But now, just the mere mentioning of a person's Asian background is already enough to, uh, to engender a uh, claim of racism. This is a Gyoras. We know that the... We know, even it wasn't Gyoras, but now she's Gyoras. We know that Right, and that is a, if she feels sensitive about it, should you sort of felt sensitive about it? No, but he did. So, and what are we supposed to do as a result? 
We're not supposed to say, yeah, too bad. You're supposed to be respectful. You're supposed to be. Mask him. Abbasagir demands an incredible amount of sensitivity. Right. I agree. But the fact that you, that, that, you know, again, I, it's very uncomfortable when you comment on someone's background, especially if they're a geared setting. But let's say it's not in this situation of, 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 of a, a person who's obviously gone through Geras. But, you know, you, you have a number of people at the water cooler. And I was witness to that at, in the yeshiva of IDT. Maybe you were too when you were there, when we were involved in the company. And if, if, if somebody might say, yeah, you know, you know, we come, I come from an Italian background. You know, we have, you know, when we have days off, you know, our food is really up, is piled up to the sky. You know, we're bringing out the cannolis, we're bringing out the spaghetti, right? And maybe a, a person from another uh, ethnic uh, environment says, yeah, you know, I don't know about those cannolis, but, you know, I come from a Latin American community. This is what we have. Th- those type of conversations are going to be verboten, right? You can't even... It doesn't sound like it's me. Okay. But that's... Right. I, think, I, think, I think you're projecting... And that's a form of argumentation where you take a scenario which doesn't exist yet and you say, well, it's going to get there for sure. People are, are, are scared. They're scared of mentioning anything. They can't say, oh, you know, um, you know. Yes, in corporate environments, they're scared. Yes, that's true. That's right. So you, you yeah. basically won't be able to say anything. Uh, and I think that's... Hey, hey, listen, that's, that's ridiculous. But again, my personal obligation as a Bantera and a Balmusser is to cater to people's foibles, not to tell them man up. Yeah, well, again, the, the, the question is, are you going to be able to be effective uh, eventually? You're going to have to be very, very uh, concerned and on, you're going to have to keep your ear to the ground. Well, this goes back to the report cards comment. Yes, to the our report cards program, right? What, season what? two. What? <laughs> season two. Season two, right. What, 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 what worked in what you could say in 1972 or 1973, you can't say today. And then people have found ways to be effective anyway. So the in 1973, Mrs. L- Mrs. Libra would have said, I can't tell Robbie that he has personality problems. What am I, how am I going to deal with it? Okay. Uh, but the change is really coming very quick, fast and furious to the point that it isn't 73 to 2020 but it's a difference between 2018 to 2021. You no, know, everything is sped up. I mean, that's part of this process of equal Sunday Mashiach, where everything is going at may breakneck speed when past to hundreds or thousands of years to develop. And, 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 and dinosaurs like us have to be very, very careful about that's how right. we tread. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rabbi Yosef, you grave, um, you know, you, hopefully you will see much more than just your uh, stimulus check. Hopefully you'll be able to see a lot of nachas and uh, on many, many fronts. That's it, my friends. We're back for a very, I would say, sort of a lackluster opening for season <laughs> season three. No, we'll be... I think we got into it again. Yeah, okay. Hopefully we'll do better next time. I, I do want to, before think... I say goodnight. And wait, wait. Say... Yes. Um, even though it's going to be Akra's mano. Should we do Yom HaTzmut next week? It's up to We didn't mention Yom show. I do want to do a shout out, of course, uh, to, um, to all the people that helped make this possible, including all the great people at Abel's Nyman who are allowing us this opportunity to use 
this uh, ability of being here as a mashkiach to be able to talk to Yosef Gavriel, great products. I just bought Ablis and Hyman hot dogs from Costco yesterday. Get them wherever you can. They are the greatest quality. I can tell you, as someone, as the only meat eater in a family of vegetarians and people who seem to be allergic to meat, I can tell you that I really savor when I'm able, uh, too able to get some of those Ablis and Hyman stuff. It is great. It is great stuff. I thank them for allowing me the opportunity to use this time uh, to be able to schmooze with the Godel Ador himself, Rabbi Yosef Gabriel Belchaber. Take everybody. Enjoy your Shabbos. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.